Bill, so I was walking down the path of my life with Bigfoot, noticing the two pairs of footprints, mine and his. And one day I noticed his prints were gone. And I looked up at him and I said, you had promised you would always be there for me. How is this possible? He then looked at me straight in the eye and said, <laughs> Which meant, my feet are bigger than yours. <laughs> Meaning, it doesn't mean anything, I, mean, I don't think. It's one of those pointless jokes that you, you ponder, you think, I'm going to quit thinking about that it's a bit for just a, a minute. It's a bit of a parody, parody. and it's just a bit of nonsense. I, I, yes, I caught, I caught the parody, yeah. And it's another interpretation of the footprints in the sand because we're going to be talking dear listeners about different interpretations, interpretations aren't we interpretations and misinterpretations mm-hmm. and, and paths and what beaten to take paths and mm-hmm. non-beaten paths non-beaten. Mm-hmm. <laughs> beaten and non-beaten yes. beaten beaten mm-hmm. oh no i'm not going to go there that was last time Police blotter. By the way, uh, we did get some feedback about police blotter oh, poems, we and we do. We are told we must do them again. So, well, it almost wrote itself <laughs> yes, that episode. It you know, but you know, I get the paper every week, and I've been looking at the blotter, and it's not always as good as it was that. That was a particularly for, good. That week. was a particularly good week that we did that one. So I'll wait till we have a really good week in there for us to. To do the blotter poetry You want to again. chuckle out loud, you know, and get the highlighter out. Yeah. So, you know, we got more gun holes. <laughs> I've seen them. Uh, I've seen, seen them. gun holes. Yeah. How do we follow? That's, that's a hard episode to follow, you know. It that, would that be. Was, that was fun. It would be. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But we're doing it. We are anyway. We're following it. We are following it anyway. That's what we do. Yeah. And thank you all for coming back to listen to us here at Wacky Poem Live. I am Sean. I am Bill. And we come to you from the rural Oklahoma Museum of Poetry in Locust Grove, northeastern Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. Every week. Every week. Yes. Weekly. Yeah. For 84 weeks. Yeah. Quad monthly. Yeah. Episode 84. 84. Man. <laughs> you know, I don't even know how to say that in Spanish. I was trying to roll a deck, but I'll wait. <laughs> so my little Bigfoot joke was about walking down a path. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the beaten path. And you suggested this. And why I, did you, Bill? Well, because, you know, a path can be many things. It could be a path. It could even be a road. It could be a side road. It could be a dirt road. But there are many times I've been traveling and I'll go down uh lanes and roads and I'll pass communities where houses have been abandoned and I'll see I want to go inside I want to see or out there is a store and I want to go inside and oftentimes I'll think I'm on a schedule I mean I don't have time to stop you want but to be if, a trespasser in other words I do kind of but <laughs> I, I do too it's the times I've stopped and explored that are the most some of the most meaningful mm-hmm. I love getting out and taking time to see things I would have never never otherwise seen mm-hmm. so um it sort of follows our theme. Yeah. 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 And the idiom off the beaten path, it um, it does just mean an unusual route or destination. It was first recorded in 1860. Mm-hmm. Although the phrase um, beaten track, which is if you're in England, the British prefer off the beaten track. Track. We Americans here say path. Path. Because I think of track as being like an Indy 500. Yeah. You know? I but don't think it's the same, though. If a track is, if a path is beaten or a track is beaten, that's footsteps, correct? That's, or, or, or maybe deer yeah, or maybe cattle. Maybe not human ones, but cattle, yeah. Cattle, but a, a, a long tread, a 
follow. I guess it could be a vehicle too, though. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, a couple of ruts in the road. Yeah. Right. Anything that beats down the grass. Yeah. Um, but the phrase "the beaten track" was recorded in 1638, so that's much uh, older, in reference to the um, a usual, unoriginal way of doing something. Mm-hmm. So if you're off the beaten path, you're trying to be unique. And original. You're going against the grain. Going against the grain. That's it, which is another, I guess, interesting idiom. Yeah. In terms of idioms, too, I was looking this up on, I can't remember which website this was on, and it was talking about off the beaten path, and it had some synonyms, and I thought, those really aren't, those are synonyms because it said off the grid. Mm. Maybe. That's really recent. It's not about journey, though, you no. know, a path off the grid, off the radar, off the map. Yeah. No, that's existing. This is exploring, yeah. in a sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I did ask, also ask my lover, the online etymology oh, dictionary, yes. about the word path. And it comes from our buddy, the Indo-European root, which is something that I can't find in my notes <laughs> right now. <laughs> I thought I would remember it. I think the word was pent, P-E-N-T. Pent. It's not on that piece of paper you have, is it? Oh, here it is. Okay. Yeah, from the Proto-Indo-European root, pent, to tread, uh, to go, or to pass. And there's other words that have the same root of pent inc- include pontoon, uh, pontiff, pad, footpad, sputnik. Sputnik. Interesting. Yeah. 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 So it's going along, treading, passing. Passing. Yes. Passing along. And while yeah. on, um, on Facebook, I did post that we were going to talk in this episode about the most mm-hmm. misinterpreted poem in the world. Which is interesting because I, I, you gave me some hints. <laughs> and I did not know this was the most misinterpreted because I had misinterpreted no. it. Well, this is, so. this is my uh, <clears throat> description of it. I don't know if everyone would agree, but... Yeah, you can you can Google it out there, and you can find a lot of people being really pissy about the fact that they don't think that people understand what Robert Frost was talking about. And I'm not pissy about it. I'm just, you know, mm-hmm. a close reading mm-hmm. gives you a different interpretation right. than right. Uh, the original. But that, you know, you were talking about before we started recording that songs mm-hmm. are often misinterpreted. And that's because people just, you know, you, you hear what you want to hear in them. Yeah. And you just kind of do a little surface listening or reading if you're talking about a poem. And um, there's a lot of times there's something more there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Dig a little deeper. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be part of the crowd that's like, yeah, yeah, that what he said. Yeah, that's not nice. No. Yeah. And I don't want to be a crotchety academic person either to just say, oh, it has to be interpreted this way, you know, or mm-hmm. Robert Frost would be so appalled. And he did talk about. The fact that, you know, people in general did not get what he was saying in this mm, poem. Interesting. But, so he was aware that it was misinterpreted. Yes. yes. Interesting. So mm. the poem, if you have not already guessed, is The Road Not Taken. The Road Not Taken. And mm-hmm. everybody knows this. It's probably the most famous poem in the American uh, language, wouldn't you say? I, I, it's yes. pretty dang close oh, if it's, it's not number bits one. Bits and pieces are quoted all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go ahead and read it for I'll us, read Bill? I'll read it. I'll read it. The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both. And be one traveler long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could, 
to where it bent in the undergrowth, then took the other, as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as far as the passing there had warned them really about the same, and both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Yes. Mm. So what's, I mean, what do most people know this poem for? I mean, what is it mainly known for, do you think? In my opinion, I thought he, I thought he took the road less traveled and gained a much richer experience by not going down the road more traveled, mm -hmm. meaning, you know, let's, let's have an adventure. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm, that was my interpretation. I'm not sure what others' interpretations mm -hmm. are. Well, if you read how he describes the two paths, though, he says one wanted where, mm -hmm. but then keep reading. What does he say after that? Though as far as the passing there had warned them really about the same. They so, were the same. But what I want... Well, I wonder is how did he know it was less traveled if they were equally worn? Well, is that the is that is that the question? Because we see what we want to see, not okay. necessarily what's in front of us. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I don't want to get too deep there, but there are. <laughs> we don't want to get too deep on wacky poem life, yeah. but you can think about <laughs> we we live in levels of reality, don't we? Yes, yes. Uh, because there is a visual reality and what is before us but that's not always what we see um there's a there's a story there's a mythic reality that you know we start making up a story about something as soon as we see it we got an emotional reality mm -hmm. we kind of yeah um what we feel about what we've experienced and so we make up a story there so I, you know, he's he's making up a story. I think but that one of them is less traveled, and right. so he wants to make the decision of being unique and yeah. go down that one. But the other one bent in the undergrowth. It might have been more difficult for him, or so he assumed. Am I am I assuming? Well, he says so, that, but then he says them both. I don't have the point in front of me. But they're, you know, he kind of contradicts himself somewhat. He does. He does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he uh, one twist goes under the undergrowth so he took the other one yeah though is that that this is the key to the point to me of those lines though is for that the passing there had warned them really about the same yeah and it seems like the one that was going in the undergrowth and twisty turny might have isn't it human nature to take the path of least resistance is this where we get that term take the path of least and look down one as far as i could to where it bent in the undergrowth then took the other as just as fair I don't know. Just as fair. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I, I, I just think that... We have to ponder this, folks. Well, it's if you went to Google this poem, you would probably type in what? If the, road you're less, the Road Less Traveled. Yes, and that's what most people think the title of it is. And so that's another thing. Look again at the title. The title is The Road Not Taken. The Road Not Traveled. Mm -hmm. Not Taken. Not yeah. ta the Road Not Taken. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. So 
again, I think he's just, a lot of the poem is about what he desires or what he imagines or just about his own inner reality mm -hmm. and not what he's actually seeing before him. And that, you know, our choices that we make, how are we going to know yeah. <laughs> which which is the good one, yeah. which is the right one? I think we justify by, by saying, you know, I'm glad I... That's a know. good word for what he's saying there, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. He's justifying the path he you took. Know, just as... Just as pretty, just mm -hmm. as, you know, picturesque, mm -hmm. a little less thorny, maybe. I don't know. Not as much undergrowth to have to duck under. The, um, I found this essay by this Dr. Oliver Terrell of Lowborough University, and I probably said that wrong. But his, his uh, essay was titled, The True Meaning of Two Roads Diverged in a Wood, and I Took the One Less Traveled By. <laughs> Uh, he said, The Road Not Taken is one of Frost's most famous poems, and it appeared in his first collection in 1916 mm -hmm. called Mountain Interval, and it was the opening poem. And mm -hmm. he said, For that reason, a lot of people probably think that this was a real statement of his individualism as a poet. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go off the beaten path and, and take my own road. And But then as you get into it and that metaphor of a journey, it's a lot more complex than that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the same is true of songs, like mm -hmm. you were like you were talking about. What, yes. I mean, what are some songs I think that we have really misinterpreted? Well, one of the songs from our childhood is, um, and it's got a great hook. It's got an opening guitar riff, Leonard Skinner's "Sweet Home Alabama." <laughs> well, you know, uh, you can I, dance to it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and you know, brings out the redneck in all of us, but. Um, it has given Neil Young kind of a black eye for decades, and to his to his um, credit, he has not really challenged that song. I think he realizes history will prove him correct, Neil Young. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there is the line that says, um, "Well, I heard Neil Young talk about her. I heard O'Neill put her down." Well, let's be clear: Neil Young was putting down the 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 subjugation of the African American, the black man and woman is what he was putting down in the he south, would, in the south yeah. exactly in the south he was not putting down southern people mm -hmm. so that was that was just glossed over and it's sort of like yeah you know you get in the mob mentality neil why'd you talk about southern people that way we don't need you around anyhow Total, you know one of the yeah. most misinterpreted um songs i mean i i think neil i'm i'm a big neil young fan personally mm -hmm. Not the biggest Leonard Skinner fan. Are we, we going to lose <laughs> listeners over that? But some of the best music is correctly politically motivated. I was listening to classic country, and Johnny Cash in the 60s had a song, Don't Politicize Our, our Music. Don't Politicize Our Country Music. It's not meant for that. Yeah. This land is your land. Mm-hmm. Completely, <laughs> if you know it correctly, like yeah. this poem, is completely about... You know, it's for all of us, not just mm -hmm. certain segments of us. It's yeah. about equality. Yeah, yeah. So Very it's, again, populist. misinterpretation. Of course, you know, the mm -hmm. best songs do have a real poignant and firm message, in my opinion, mm -hmm. you know. Which so. president was it that tried to co-opt Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA? Was, it, was that Reagan? Um, was, uh, did, God, I can't remember. Did, did Springsteen not allow it? No. Oh. Well, and that's another song where people on the surface think that's a patriotic song. It's a patriotic song. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It, it's about it, 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 societal uh, right, mm -hmm. the, the dis disparity, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Bruce is one that absolutely will turn songs on, you know, they're popular, turn them on their ear, mm -hmm. and he'll give you your message. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, right. <laughs> on a lighter note, I, I misinterpreted <laughs> when I was a grade schooler uh, some lyrics to Led Zeppelin's uh, song. What was the title of the song? I don't know. Anyway, the, you know, what I misinterpreted I, was... I'm up for me. I'll know it. <laughs> <laughs> Story to Heaven, uh, Rambalon, uh, uh, yeah, you need You need cooling, baby, I'm not fooling. Okay. I want to take you back to school. <laughs> but what I thought he was saying was, you need Kool-Aid, baby, I'm not fooling. <laughs> I, I wanted some Kool-Aid because Robert Plant was singing about it. Yeah. I love Robert Plant. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Oh, I know. I yeah. got to see him um, several years ago when he came to the Canes in Tulsa, and it was just magic. Yeah, yeah. 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 I was playing Big Log recently, uh-huh. and that one line, my, lug- my love is in league with the freeway. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's poetry right <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. You know, um, And that's that's a path, isn't it? It's a, a freeway. Path. Freeway's a path. <laughs> And you it's look not at, off the beaten. It's off. It's heavily traveled. <laughs> heavily beaten. But you know, I've seen uh, on that heavily traveled path, I forty freeway. I've seen pronghorn antelope in the center of the me- of the median. I've, I've seen goats standing in the road. I've seen horses that have been hit on the side of the road. Yeah. Over the decades, I've traveled it. So um, it's so interesting to notice things. Of course, how could you miss those things? And then I've seen the the choya cactus in around Santa Rosa. Acres and acres, hundreds of acres of that those fuchsia pink blooms. Mm-hmm. Every, it looks like a uh, it looks like a Martian landscape. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful. Yeah. There's um, a path that goes up. It's actually the driveway to my house and the house of many of my relatives that live on the Perkins compound, as we say. And uh, that was a, a grassy path back when I was a, a child. Mm-hmm. And it didn't really lead anywhere except to a blackberry patch. So that's where we went blackberry picking. And then there's still uh, there's a path up through the hay meadow that uh, leads up to my house, too. And then that path was one we used to get to a treehouse that we had built up in the woods and also to get to... The bales of hay after they had been stacked up, and we would play on the bales of hay. Yeah. So there are two paths from my childhood that are right there where I live right now. And do you call these places the hayfield, um, the blackberry patch? Do they have names? Uh-huh. They have these areas because it's a good size acreage. They don't have specific names. Specific names. But that's what I call them. Well, we, the one is called Perkins Road now, but mm-hmm. the, but the other one is just a path up through the up through the hay uh, meadow. Yeah. But I did write a poem about this recently. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, About the path. And so I want to read it. All right. It's called The Three. The Three Deer, one between oak trees on the lawn, one on the dirt road, the third just past the road by the fence. I'll stop to question my arrival. We face one another on this road, once a grass path to the ancestors. When I was young, Tommy and I lay down beside the path and kissed the way 12-year-olds kiss, awkwardly and deep, drawing blood, ancient emotions like fog, lifting from the steamy earth around us, almost choking our every breath. I would not be that girl again for anything. Yet I'm alive now, the deer are alive. Tommy is gone, like so many girls I knew, yet never knew by the creek, and along paths like this one. Lovely, lovely, lovely. You know what I like about that? 
the deer still look at you just as questioningly <laughs> today as they did back then. Like, yeah. why are you in my area? Why are you here? This is my domain. Yeah. yeah, and it was even more woods then because there were no houses back there. My great-grandparents had had a house. That's originally why that road was there. They had a house down at the end of it, but I never knew it. It was always just a, a ruined uh, rebel pile mm-hmm. uh, all of my life, but that was why the road was originally there. Um and that's the road we walked down after we left the Tommy and I. We were at the treehouse at night. Oh my! Yeah, my cousin had an illicit slumber party at night out in the treehouse. <laughs> illicit slumber party. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, nobody nobody co-ed. knew it was going to oh, be co-ed. Okay. Yeah, I yeah, see. yeah. And and we walked down the path there. You're going to be grounded when Betty hears this episode. <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> I am sure I've talked about it before. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's it's interesting the paths, even though it wasn't that beaten of one, you know, because usually we would just go down it in the summer mm-hmm. uh, for the hay and uh, the treehouse and the blackberry, how they remain, you know, how they stay there, how they also, when you're away from that place, there's, they have a symbolic mm-hmm. meaning, mm-hmm. you know. And they're, when you look back, experiencing them as a young person, how intense, mm-hmm. what an intense, for oh, every, yeah. you know, for, from the air to the uh, insects to the you know, to Tommy, to it oh, very, yeah. everything is hyper felt hyper vigilantly. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that, mm-hmm. and like I said, did I say junior high, 12 year old, I mean, junior high, 12 year old, and just the, you know, the intense feelings oh. that you have for one another. Yeah. And, Hormone surges. Yeah. He right. was probably my second or third boyfriend and he is gone. Uh, he died in a car wreck in oh, 1982. No. Oh, so. My. Yeah, he mm. died very young. Yeah, he's very young. Yeah. Good night. Mm. Um, but this, just this aura of here now with the three deer. You know, I stopped. I was driving my car in. Mm. I stopped and I looked at them, and then it just everything about the paths around uh, came came flooding back to me and what they mean. And I think it's no surprise that Robert Frost picks a path. Yeah. You know, as his great symbol. In the poem, because it just, you know, it literally is a road, well, it, 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 but it's mythically a journey, what too. What you experienced was a convergence mm-hmm. of, of all that. Of uh, It just came to, cumulated as, as a convergence of experience. Mm-hmm. It came all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, speaking of, um, and I've, I think I've spoken about this before, one of my favorite misinterpretation of word, written word, is the Special Olympics Oath. And one of my good friends young one of my long-term uh, good friends I used to work with was a special Olympian and he said this oath every year and the oath th- th- as it's written is let me win but if I cannot win let me be brave in the attempt well you know as I've said he went camping with his sister many 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 years ago and he t- came back and said Bill I was I went camping and I, w- I we we had a tent, and I was brave. I was brave. I stayed in that tent, and I was brave, ju- just like Special Olympics. And it didn't hit me <laughs> that, you know, well, it's good because br- camping can be kind of scary. Yeah. Then it, like, oh, all of these years, he said, he was, in his mind, he said, he was saying out loud, let me win. But if I cannot win, let me be brave in a tent <laughs> instead of in the attempt. <laughs> so... You know, he put his, and for some reason, he put his hand over his heart. You didn't need to do this for the oath, but he did. Special, let me win, but if I cannot win, let me be brave in a tent. 
which he was. You know? And this is so it's it's funny, it's humorous, but it's sweet because it's like how many people have misinterpreted a line or two here or there. You need you know, Kool-Aid, baby, Kool-Aid. I know I'm in. <laughs> oh, goodness. Wrapped up in the tool in the middle of the dark, you know, the, the, blinded by the light. By yeah. Manfred Mann's Earth Band, one of the misinterpreted most songs oh, ever. Oh, well, yeah, but those, some of that song is just because you cannot understand any of the words in that. And uh, that's a Bruce Springsteen song, yes, by the way. Yes, certainly is. Back to him. All leads... All roads lead back to Bruce. <laughs> and the road off the beaten path, one go back to something about it. This is something I found on a website I'd never seen before called Oyster English. And it's trying to explain idioms to non-English <laughs> native speakers, which that's <clears throat> tough, isn't it? Yes. To, because it's tough to learn the language, and then you got to figure out what these crazy idioms well, mean. Well, in that language, because <laughs> that's a whole sub yeah. uh, uh, uh Anyway, of that language, yeah, yeah subcategory. So right. they first they define it as it's thinking or doing something different than the usual things people think or do. Okay, going where other people normally don't go, and then they have some notes. Off the beaten path is more often used in American English, as I said, and off the beaten track is more popular in British English, but both are commonly used. If you go off the beaten path or track, it means you're going to a place or doing something that's not very popular mm-hmm. or well known. If it's going to a particular place, it is usually a place that is away from the usual tourist destinations or activities. And I think that's true of both of us. Mm-hmm. We kind of avoid the usual. Oh, certainly. Tourist. I'm getting ready to go on a, a sister trip with my two sisters next week. And, you know, we've already mapped out all the so strange little places that we want to go to. And uh, then we're going to be open to you know, Explore- stopping along the way. The exploration. Yeah, when yes. something pops up that that's not in Google or, you know, whatever. It's like, what's that? We better go off that road and see what mm-hmm. that is. I'm very excited we're going to a witch museum in Cleveland. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. And then it says, Oyster English is trying to, again, explain what this idiom means. It said, now let's visualize this idiom as a way to remember. The word beaten is the past participle form of the verb beat, which means to hit or strike something. So if hundreds of people walk along the same ground or grass, the the ground will get beaten many, many times Mm -hmm. by different people's feet. And so as a result, a path is created. So if you go on a hike in the woods, there's a beaten path, and it's much easier to walk along. But if you go off this path, it might be more difficult to travel over, but you might also be able to discover something interesting. And if you sprayed it for ticks, why not go off the beaten path? <laughs> That's right. You know what I mean? Spray up and if you're prepared. Spray up and go off the beaten path. Yeah, and be brave and bring your tent. Be brave in the tent. <laughs> be brave in that tent. Climb that rock, you know? Yes. I'm not doing that anymore. I can't hike anymore. It's it's harder for us yeah. as we age, isn't it? Yes, you and know? never hike alone. I watch too many true crime That's documentaries. True. That's true. You fall and break your back. It's like, who's going to find you? Yeah, and never go on a hike. With someone that you have any suspicion at all wants to push you off right. the cliff. And if, them, if they're carrying a knife or a holster, <laughs> he's, he's like, you know, let's not do that. Again, I've watched too many true crime documents. I was in. We a, give some. We got to give some, you know, rules about going off the beaten well, path. That's true. There, there needs to be some uh, some guidelines. I was in the store yesterday behind a gentleman who didn't ha- was not carrying a gun, but he was carrying what looked like a knife as large as a machete <laughs> around his wa- waist. And I thought. What 
Am I safe now? Is he going to hack up my arm if I grab the chips in front of him? You know? Well, I do carry a hatchet under the driver's seat of my car. (laughs) A hatchet. I do. And uh, I took it in to get it serviced not too long ago. And the car or the hatchet? <laughs> <laughs> the hatchet needs to be serviced, needs actually. To be sharpened. Yeah, I'm not sure it would do me much good. But anyway, uh, when I went to pick it up, and uh, Ron said, you know, you have a hatchet under your driver's seat. I said, yes, I do. That it's, that's where it should be. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be a formidable weapon. <laughs> well, I said, every, every woman needs a hatchet you would under need, her. You would need to stand swinging distance away from you. Yes. Certainly. Yes. Yeah. And you could use either end, you know, to to do damage to someone trying to harm Certainly. you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Blunt end or sharp end. Yeah. 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 So it's a brain spiller. Yeah. Just right? want people to know. Well, I'm 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 forewarned <laughs> you're, that you're forearmed. <laughs> right. Bill, what does a cow say when you block her path? Move. <laughs> <laughs> I even got to move out of my way or I'm going to trample you in you my hooves. You got it. You got it. I feel like I should win something. I feel like I need a prize or something. <laughs> I got the prize. You're the one who brought the wine today. <laughs> right. <laughs> I bring the wine. Well, I was going to say more about Robert Frost's poem, but I think people got the idea, didn't they? I think so. Frost is very well loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a wonderful poem, and like I said, I don't, I'm not a pontificator, and I'm not going to talk down to somebody who has a different interpretation of it. But I think this is just what I would say about any poem that just read it closely, you know, and um, and allow for the fact that most poetry is you. It's written from the point of view of a, a persona. The person writing the poem is not always who the poem is about. And so that persona is something that's created, and they may have an interpretation of things that is uh, varied and complex. And so the poem is equally varied and complex. And so just kind of keep that in mind. You just hit the nail on the head. Did I? Yes. With my hatchet? With the hatchet because uh, the the most common misunderstanding of poetry occurs... When our ingrained tend- it's our ingrained tendency to be very literal in com- in communication, we often speak and write in extremely literal terms mm-hmm. because we want to make sure we we are understood. Mm-hmm. So we think we understand. We don't let the words settle. We don't reread. Mm-hmm. Well, and then that's the reason too that poetry it takes longer to read. I mean, you have a little slim book of poetry, which most of them are, and you think, well, you know, I can just read that. No, you can't read that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to pause pretty much between each poem and set it down after a few poems because it, they're compact. There's so much that's being said in a little space. And like you said, it's not literal. It's metaphorical mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, obviously there's there's literal reality and things are described and there's observation and you have to have that and you have to have that kind of imagery but the reason why you write a poem is because you're trying to show uh, people that there is another reality to just what we initially see and hear Mm -hmm. and feel Mm -hmm. about an experience or a person or an object yeah there's always more to it that's hard to say, mm-hmm. and that's hard for people to explain. 
And then there's where the poet tries to go. Yeah. yeah. Lead you down this other path. Right. In a way. When I read a poem that doesn't tell me anything other than what I already know, it just doesn't feel like a very good poem to me. Mm -hmm. If it tells me, you know, to look beyond or it makes me think beyond or it gives me a new way of looking at something, someone, an experience, then it's a better poem. Yeah. But I also think, that, yes, and I also think that uh, learning and repetition and we're, we're learning haiku Mm -hmm. in, in the martial arts. We're getting good uh, at it. I think we're getting pretty good. As <laughs> evidenced by, I was I was landing in Denver and I was in awe of the skyline and I was 37 million feet above the, I was white knuckling it. But I was I was looking down and I thought, I wonder how many people are, see this plane from on, on the earth, from down mm -hmm. on the earth. And I wrote my thought. Mm -hmm. It was a perfect haiku. It was. And I surprised myself because I did not <laughs> intend it to be that. So, I I, that, I enjoyed that. You know, that was like a uh, light bulb moment for me. So, yes, yeah. and I saw you posted that, and I said, I see what you did. Well, and, and then you said, and, I didn't do it. Well, no, <laughs> when you when you had posted, I see what you did there. I'm like, what is she talking about? I went back and I'm like, it's it's, you know, five seven five. It's a haiku, you know. Yeah. Well, or not even that. I mean, I realize it doesn't have to be that, right? Well, but. It's just the way of seeing something and being able to succinctly um, reimagine it for other people. That's, mm -hmm. that's what, you know, you were doing there. Mm -hmm. That's what you got. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, let's, end, let's end this episode with, with one more poem. Okay. Because I do like this. All other, right. All right. This other path poem. It's by Amy Lowell, uh, a great American poet. And it's called The Fruit Garden Path. The path runs straight between the flowering rows, a moonlit path hemmed in by beds of bloom, where flocks and marigolds dispute for room with tall red dahlias and the briar rose. Tis reckless prodigality which throws into the night these wafts of rich perfume, which sweep across the garden like a plume. Over the trees a single bright star glows. Dear garden of my childhood, here my years have run away like little grains of sand. The moments of my life, its hopes and fears, have all found utterance here where now I stand. My eyes ache with the weight of unshed tears. You are my home. Do you not understand? What a fragrant Isn't that lovely? poem. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, flowers at night or at dusk. Yeah, you know. and I forgot she said the garden was like a plume. a plume. And here, this wine you brought me is called La Pluma. I'll be darned. <laughs> you know, there's always a little thread of connection, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. There's always some kind of synchronicity, synchronicity. between you and I, Bill. You know, And that's, that's one of my favorite <laughs> albums by the police, Synchronicity. You know, Synchronicity. Yeah. How does that song go? Um Synchronicity. I don't know if there is a synchronicity song on oh, synchronicity. Oh, there was. There's King of Pain. There's Every, Every Breath You Take. There's um, okay. Wrapped Around Your Finger, which is my favorite. I'll Be Wrapped Around Your Finger. Fantastic. Yeah, a lot of stalker poems, uh, songs. And that's another one that's misinterpreted. <laughs> Every Breath You Take, I'll Be Watching You. That's not about loving you. No. That's about stalking you till I stab you to death, I think, or something. It's, Actually, I mean, most love songs are not about love. I suppose not. Yeah. It's yeah. sort that's, of terrifying. That's, that's for another episode, that, isn't it? That's uh, <laughs> and That should be an episode. The Thin Line, Love, 
hate. Yes. And the line dividing. Yes. Let's let we're going to put that in our. Archives. Okay, remember that. Okay. Now, what I want to say for next uh, okay. next week, the next two episodes, yeah. actually, we're going to do something very interesting and fun and special. Because we're going to have a special guest, Jinra Yevtushenko. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. He's going to come and talk about his dad's uh, poetry, Yevgeny Yevtushenko. We have a little exhibit here that mm. his family has uh, has loaned us, and uh, he's going to talk about him. And uh, we're going to talk about a birthday event that we're going to have oh, in cool. July. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. he's going to, uh, Jinra's going to talk about his own poetry and also about poetry in Tulsa, what's going on in Tulsa, just down the road from us. So He's quite involved. Check it he's out. quite involved with that community. He is, you know? and he, he's just a... Passionate about it. He is, and he's just a great guy. So yes, he is. it's going to be mm-hmm. fun talking with him on, I'm on the next two episodes. Yes, so. that'll be fun. Y'all tune in. Tune in. And thank you very much. Spread the word as yeah. always. Yeah, yes. Don't Till we meet again.